Uh, well, you know, it's just wonderful. I just thought we really came into the presence of God. You know, and you, I was like, I was ready to jump, do one of those stage dives, but I realized it's quite a long way to the chair, so <laughs> probably wouldn't look too dignified. You know, I, I, I know we all react differently to the presence of God. I just get a little bit kind of like, come on, don't you? It's like, come on, God's in the house. You know, God's doing great things. You know, we shouldn't be afraid just to kind of like go mental. I mean, some of us are crazy, you know, crazy during the week at football, at rugby. The rugby's on this afternoon. I'm going to be there. My wife hates it when I watch rugby because I shout. I'm not a shouter generally, but all of a sudden I go, because I get excited by it. I like men trampling on each other. It's a beautiful thing. <laughs> and I haven't got much time this morning because, you know, it's just important sometimes just to allow the Lord. You know, I, I just think God wants to stir. I might not even go into my message. Who knows? I just think God wants to stir up the church, a passion for him, a desire for him, a desire to, to operate in spiritual gifts, a desire to carry something that is his presence with us. Because, you know, at the end of the day, that's what sets us apart. It's not because we're religious. You know, I was listening to something on the way in on the, ta- on the radio this morning, and, um, you know, it, it, it's just humanism. I don't want to just believe in that everything's about me and us. Because quite frankly, I'm a bit depressed at that thought. Because I don't know if you've noticed, but we're not making a great job of it. You know, if it's about us, we're in trouble, isn't we? If we're the only hope we've got, we're in trouble, folks. Even on our best day. I, I hope in the Lord. My faith is in Christ. And uh, I, I want to, I love that. that. I was talking to Jay this week. Uh, Jay was in um, Cologne last week. And, uh, you know, they have these three services in Cologne, very tight, very slick. And he said to, uh, he said to, Jay, uh, to Dom, uh, do you have an altar call? And Dom went, yeah, we do. do you know so a little bit of cultural misunderstanding there. Dom meant people put their hands up. Jay meant call everybody to the front and lay hands on them. Do you know what I mean? So, like, at the end of the service, hundreds of people came <laughs> Just started laying hands on them. He said it was great. Dom was like, it was amazing. You know, God, God just carried, just touched the whole church last week. Amazing. But you know, God is touching our church. It's just amazing to be in the presence of God. And uh, I want to talk this morning, finishing off this little series I've been on about teamwork makes the dream work. And we've talked a little bit about the body of Christ. We've talked a little bit about um, uh, the gifts of the Spirit being used. And you know, that's so important to us. But you know, I, I think the, un- the, the overwhelming message I want you to take from this is that your Christian faith flourishes as we share life together and as we grow together. It's about being together. You know, it, yeah, you can be a Christian on your own and uh, not go to church and, and just struggle through, but the truth is you will struggle more. And I believe that God's created us to be in community and, uh, you know, Jesus called us to be the church and to, to flourish together. And so I want to talk this morning about probably the most important aspect of being the church, of being together, and that's love. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, love. You know, we know this passage so well. If you've ever been to a wedding, you've heard it. Uh, if you've read the scriptures, you've come across it. Um, uh, and I'm just going to read it very quickly because if, if everything else I say is rubbish, this is a good bit. Okay. 1 Corinthians 13, I will show you the most excellent way. If I speak in the tongues of men or of angels but do not have love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I may boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. 
It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. Where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be stilled. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part. But when completeness comes, what is in part disappears. When I was a child, I taught like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. But when I became a man, I put the ways of childhood behind me. For now we only see as a reflection in a mirror. Then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part, but then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. And now these three remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. See, love is the attitude that we need if we're going to live the Jesus life. And that's hard to love, isn't it? Anybody else know that feeling? <laughs> Anybody else have weeks where you find love quite difficult? Days when you think, I don't know, I'm not sure I love anybody. Never mind this lot. Do you know what I mean? It, it's a challenge. To live a life of love is, is a challenge for us. It's a demand. Uh, but you know, if we're going to be who God's called us to be, if we're going to live in community, you know, um, I, I, uh, so many people leave churches today because they don't think uh, there's enough love in the church. But part of the problem's them. You know, because if you're really loving, you don't leave if other people aren't. Hello. How many of you know? If you love people, you, you stay because you love them. It's easy to walk away, isn't it? Because someone's hurt you and no love in that church. Well, go then, because it'll get better when you leave. <laughs> oh, sorry. See, love, love is what we, we all love about. We sing about it. We've got all kinds of, you know, uh, songs about it, all kinds of poems about it, all kinds of everything about it. But actually, the Bible tells us it's when we love one another, when we get the attitude of love towards one another, and the attitude is love of some, is only something that you control. How many of you know you can't make somebody else love? You can only love other people, and by your love, they respond in love. You know, it's, 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 it's such an important thing. If we're going to be in community, if we're going to love one another, teamwork takes this attitude of love. Paul calls it the most excellent way. You see, the Bible says that God blesses unity uh, and harmony, and he, he pours out his spirit on it. Why? Because there's a sense of love between one another and for one another. And so I want to just talk about it, and I, I've really got to talk about it quick, which is absolutely easy for me to do. I've got four points. Here they go. Love is what brings us credibility. If you haven't got love, if you haven't got uh, actions in love, then actually it doesn't matter how great you are. It doesn't matter if you're the best uh, pastor in the world. If you haven't got love for people and don't feel loved, it doesn't mean a thing. That's true, isn't it? People don't remember your preaching as much as they remember your love. I understand that as a pastor. And I'll tell you how I know that. It's because if I neglect someone or make them not feel loved, then they tell me all about it. Why? Because it's not my preaching that they're here for, it's because they want to be part of a loving community where they experience love. You can be uh, uh, the greatest gift, you can be the greatest person, but actually unless there's a humility and a love in that, it doesn't impress anybody. Paul puts it like this, if I speak in the tongues of men and of angels but do not have love, I'm just a clanging cymbal. That's, That's hard to take, isn't it? 
See, it doesn't matter how great your spiritual gift is. It doesn't matter how great your anointing is. It doesn't matter how great that your, your presence is. If actually you make people feel uncomfortable, actually, that doesn't matter much. I remember reading a book about, um, I haven't got time to tell you that story, actually. Um, but you know what I mean? You can meet some people who, who make you feel that you're so unimportant and you can meet other people who make you feel like you're the most important thing in the world. What's the difference? It's love. Some people make you feel that you're important to their goals. Other people make you feel that it's their goal to make you feel important. That's the difference. It's love. One is self-seeking, the other is not. Love is what brings us credibility. And we need to understand in a world of, uh, uh, of fake love, the church has to bring real love. Because people will judge us and judge your life, not on what you say, but on how you behave, how you treat them, how you respond to people. Sometimes I think we spend so long judging people who are not like us, they're never going to feel loved. Oh, it's terrible out there. Hey, here's the deal. Can I just be honest with you? Sinners don't pretend to be anything else than sinners. It's saints that do that. What we've got to say is, I'm a sinner saved by grace. I'm just, I'm just like you, only Jesus has changed me and he's given me hope. Because I want to be real. Because otherwise we lose our credibility and so much of the church. You know, um, people are into God, they're just not into the church. What does that tell you? It tells you they haven't found much love in the church. And that is becoming a bigger issue in a day when, when society is liberal and society is approaching it and everybody's concerned about their own position and what's going on. We have to recognize that how we respond with love is a critical thing to, to the world around us. And Paul reminds us that we have to have that, uh, that, that sense. <laughs> you see, we all know it's true. Have you ever had a grumpy waiter? Somebody goes, there you go. And walk off and you look at it and you think, I wonder what's happened to this food before he got here. (laughs) See, here's the deal. You've still been served, but you haven't been served in the way you want to be served. Why? Because there's no love with it. We all love a great waiter, don't we? Tip them a bit more. Why? Because they bring us into their world. They come into our world. They connect with us. Sometimes it can be a bit too much, can't it? Excuse me, I'm English. (laughs) We don't have to do all this dialogue stuff. We're going to negotiate. I'll order, you bring it, we'll smile, it'll be fine. (laughs) But you see, we need to understand, it's this thing. And people, you know, it's the old adage, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. That's true. You know, we need to understand. And so we're never done in showing love. I've really got to move on. Love is what brings us credibility. Here's the deal, friends. How much credibility have you got in the love stakes? When you leave people behind, when, people, when you move away from a conversation, do people actually feel loved or do they think, oh, when they first see you, do they think, I hope he's not in the mood he was in last week? Because it's about that, isn't it? It's true, isn't it? We all have it, don't we? It was just me. Am I that judgmental? The phone goes and you look at it and you think, oh, I don't know if I want to answer this. Because it's not just the problem, it's the attitude that comes with the problem. It's the unreality, it's, it's, it's the not sincerity behind it. It just, it just makes it complicated. And, and why? Because there's no credibility. Why? Because there's no real love. 
And God calls us to be people who, who live with love. And that means in, even in church life, we have to learn to love one another. We have to take the, 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 the time to be committed to love each other and to speak with love, speak the truth in love. So very often we, speak on, we focus on speaking. I'm just telling you the truth. Tell them the truth in love. Sometimes speaking the truth in love means you keep quiet. Because the truth is, silence is better than what you're about to say. Don't you think? Just me. Haven't you had people say, honestly, it's not the church, it's not the world that bothers me, it's the church. The things that Christians have said to me, you wouldn't begin to believe them. Unless you're one of them who said it. Why? Because honestly, we don't think about it. We don't approach it with love. We just get so opinionated. I tell you now, if we understood love, we would change our behavior. And we'd say, you know, the important thing to me is not to be seen to be right. I tell you, so, so many arguments in church life and in life generally come from the motivation of I have to be seen to be right. When actually what we should be saying is I need to be seen to be like Jesus. <laughs> It's hard, isn't it? There's always someone. See, some people, sometimes it's easy. There's always one of those people who'll get in your face and make you think, stitch this. I've got to be like Jesus. And all of a sudden you feel weak and amazing. I don't want to look weak, Lord. You never look as strong as when you love people, friends. Because you look like your saviour. I need to go on. I've got another 15 points. Love is a different focus. I think this is probably the most important thing I want to say today. I've been thinking about it. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices in the truth. Here's what came to me about this, and this is all I need to say, is love starts inside. You see, if you can't deal with the self-centeredness of you, to be able to learn patience, you're never going to love someone. See, we think love starts with how other people are. No, friends, it starts with us. If you're going to love someone, you can't expect them. You know what? You, you have to learn to love them even though they don't like you. There's a guy in one of my churches who didn't shake my hand for 10 years. And every week I put my hand out. Say, Morning. And he would walk straight past me, face in the air. Would it surprise you to know? But I chose to love him. Because my love wasn't dependent upon him, it was dependent upon me. See, that's, that's something the world, see the world has made us think that to love people they have to love us back. No friends, that's not true because God still loved the world. Even when we were still sinners, Christ died for us to demonstrate the love of God. Love has a different focus to other attitudes. Love is not about whether you get what you want. Love is about, will I decide to be like Jesus? Will I decide to respond with a different attitude? Friends, it's the most challenging thing. It has a different focus. And when you get into a situation or when someone treats you like you don't want to be treated, you can either respond with aggression or forcefulness or a sense of injustice or a sense of self-righteousness, or you can say, hey, maybe, maybe I shouldn't take offense about something that I don't know anything about. Because haven't you treated some people badly because of where you were in life? So maybe give them the break. See, love says, you know what? I'm going to love this person. And I start with loving myself enough to be patient. 
How many times have you found yourself in a situation, a fight, a debate, an argument, a, a dispute with someone, really because you didn't take the time to decide to love that person? <laughs> Anybody know what you're talking about? And you find yourself embroiled in something which gets worse and worse and worse, and you think, where is this going? And you think to yourself, if only I hadn't started this. Because we chose not to love we chose to respond with anger and with fear and with uh, self-centeredness and with our focus. And so I want to challenge your people, if you're going to live the Jesus life, then sometimes you have to start with a different focus. Love is patient. Love is kind. And that's hard. I don't know about you. But you see, people think Christianity is easy. I don't think anything's harder than this. See, it says I can give my body to be broken and to be martyred, but actually to love people is harder. Wow. You ever notice that? You ever notice that some people just are hard to love? Don't look at the person beside you. Some people are just hard to love. So the challenge is, will you love them? Will you accept when they fail you? Because here's the deal, you can be hard to love too. Love is patient, love is kind, it is not self-seeking. Here it is, it keeps no record of wrongs. Anybody got a list somewhere? with names on it. Well, Lord, I've let them off, and I've let them off, but them, no chance. You're going to have to do some great work in me before I can forgive them. Do you know what the Lord says? Get over it. Because if you're going to love people, keep no record of wrongs. That's a difficult one, isn't it? Anybody wishing I was preaching on something else this morning? See, the glue that keeps the church together is love. But if your attitude is, well, everybody better love me and I'll love them back, then actually you're always going to be an odd duck in church. I mean, some of us are odd ducks anyway, aren't we? Quack. It's about us just saying, you know what, I'll be what God, I will do what God's called. God has loved me with unending patience. You ever get, you ever get to communion sometimes and say, thank you, Lord, for being patient with me? Just me, huh? Thank you, Lord, for not remembering my sins. Friends, if we come to the Lord like that, how much more should we treat one another like that? Because our love for them is something, and it's a challenge to us. I need to go. Come on. Love is a different focus. There's another point somewhere. Oh, I had, I had a great list of things to go through. Oh, let me do it. Go back one verse. Can you go back? Yeah. Different focus. Love is patient. It understands people makes mistakes. Love is kind. It seeks the best for others. Love does, love does not envy. It is happy for others, not jealous. Love doesn't boast. It doesn't need to be the big shot. Love is not proud, but is humble. Love does not dishonor others. It doesn't put others down to feel better about itself. Love is not self-seeking. It's not all about me. Love is not easily angered. It treats others with respect. Love keeps no record of wrongs. It doesn't hold things against those who've hurt us. Love does not delight in evil. It doesn't gossip. Love rejoices with the truth. That's what Paul says. See, love starts inside. And God's called us to deal with ourselves first that we might be loving towards others. Okay, number three, love works for the benefit of others, okay? So, so it looks at ourselves and it says, okay, how can I contribute to others? It always 
always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love is there because it's giving ourselves to others. We're saying, well, how do, how do I express this love? It's how you treat other people. And if you don't get the internals right, then you'll never treat other people right. Hello? Have you ever been exposed for being angry inside? And somebody presses the button and out it comes. Why is that? Is that because of their bad behavior? Well, possibly, but more than likely it's because you haven't dealt with yourself. Hello? And so we have to say, well, Lord, help me. If I'm going to be loving, see, we all thank the God for his love, and then we've got to say, well, Lord, help me to love others. What does that mean? It means you have to be patient with people. That's how profound it is this morning. If you're going to love them, you've got to be patient. You've got to be kind. And when somebody else starts to bring up a list of things that those people have done wrong, you've got a choice to make about are you going to love that person or are you going to gossip? See, it's difficult, isn't it? Isn't that difficult socially when three people are gossiping and you choose not to? You ever been there? It's easier sometimes just to get embroiled, isn't it? Oh, I know. I didn't like what they were wearing. Oh, I know. See, but actually love doesn't do that, does it? Love says, hey guys, nice to be with you, I'm going, remove yourself. Because you need to take a choice that actually helps you and produces love. And then they might start talking about you, that's okay, isn't it? Better they talk about you than someone else, isn't it? Let's have roast pasta over dinner. It's alright, if you're talking about me, you're not talking about somebody else. I can put up with it, because I can't hear it doesn't matter does it see love always protects love looks for the good for others says you know what I I I know and understand who I am in God and I'm not going to be so insecure that I'm always looking for people to be helping me I I can help others that's what love is and then finally because we're done love leaves a legacy in people's lives it says, now these three remain, faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these is love. Stand in enough graveyards, as I do as a pastor, and people don't talk about their great business acumen, and they don't talk about everything else that they've achieved. They talk about they love this person, and this person loved them. That's what leaves a legacy, isn't it? When you relieve and when you pass on, when you move out of an office and go on, people remember the person, not just the great work they did, although hopefully it was great work, but it's the legacy of your life. Remember Jesus, because he died for us, his love is what lives on, and love is what remains. My dad died when I was 17, he was 51. And uh, standing by his grave with hundreds of people who'd come to pay their respect. You know, we all knew what a special person he was, but it is to me today, even this week, somebody said to me, I remember your dad. He's been dead for 35 years. Probably a bit longer. I remember your dad. He was an amazing man, wasn't he? Somebody said to me one day, when we would be in a board meeting and everybody would be arguing, your dad would sit quietly in the corner until we'd finished. And then he would say, can I say something? And I said to them, I'm so not like him. (laughs) I said, I take after me, mother. (laughs) 
But his life and his love left a legacy that still goes on in people's lives today. See, that's what love does. What kind of legacy are we leaving? There are some people who leave our church and we go, man, we're so sorry to see them go. There are other people who go and we all go, is that bad? That's true, isn't it? Come on, let's be honest, because actually they didn't love us. They were always angry. They made us feel uncomfortable. See, love leaves a legacy. I don't know about you, but when I die, I'd love just people to say, I like Dave. He was kind. I mean, I'd love to say he was thin, but that's probably unlikely. (laughs) Love is what gives us credibility. Love has to start with a different focus in our own hearts. Love always works for the benefit of others. And love leaves a legacy that endures beyond us. Teamwork makes the dream work. The unity of the church has to be protected but it's protected because we love one another and because we'll be willing to start with ourselves, not with others, and change what we need to change so that other people can exist alongside us. All you need is love, the Beatles sang. And it turns out that on this occasion they were right that we need to love one another because love comes from God that's what the Bible says teamwork needs the right attitude how's your credibility today what's your focus today is it upon yourself and how you're faring or is it upon others and how they're faring love gives of itself to others use your life to bless and serve the people around you, in church, in your family, in your social network, in your professional, and guess what? You'll leave a legacy of love that they'll know about. Even if they never come to faith, friends, they'll know that you loved out of your faith. And it will leave a legacy of hope in people's lives. wonder would you stand with me? Time's gone. We're not going to sing the final song. We're just going to come and close. Bless your church. Sorry, guys, we're all excited. Time's gone. I don't want to take too much. It's been great today. It's been precious to be together in the house of God. I hope you've really enjoyed it. hope you've sensed the presence of God. You know, I know people have different experiences, and if I'm going off on one and you're sitting there going, what are they doing here? I know it's a hard trip. But my message to you today, maybe your first time in church, maybe you've never been, my message is to you is that God loves you, that the Christian faith is a message of love. God loves you and wants you to know him. And that's why he sent Jesus, because we were all separated from him by our sins, by the things we do wrong, by the things that we know aren't even right in our lives, never mind someone else's. Jesus came to make a way. And he did that by dying on a cross. He took the penalty for our sin upon himself. And it leaves us with a response to him. Will we choose to trust ourselves for our future and for our salvation? And if you don't believe in eternity, well, that's fine. But if you do and you believe that God is there then he has sent Jesus to make a way for you. How will you respond? So let's bow our heads. Before we pray, close our service, I just want to give an opportunity. Maybe you're in the building today. 
And just as the presence of God has been so powerful, I can't make this happen, friends. Either you experienced the presence of God or you didn't. I, I, it's not about me. I haven't got anything special to say about that. But I believe the Holy Spirit has been in the place this morning. Holy Spirit has convicted people. So if you're saying to me, Dave, I, I, I just know that God's doing something. It's Phil's word that came. I just need to respond in some way. Then just before we close off service, would you just slip your hand up and say, Dave, would you pray for me? I need to get my life right with God. Is there anybody in the building this morning? Sure, I see you guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you at the back. Thank you up in the balcony. Bless you. I want to say to you, it's not by might or by power, but by the Spirit. The Spirit of God brings conviction. The Spirit of God changes lives. Some of you have been on a journey and, and, and maybe you feel as if you've fallen back. Hey, God's still got a plan for your life. Don't let go. Don't give up. Don't throw away the confidence. God's going to lead you into victory. And so Lord, I just pray over those this morning who've responded. I thank you for their faith. I thank you for an open heart to you. I thank you, God, that you come and reveal yourself. And so Lord, I just declare over lives today, Waymaker, miracle worker. Lord, I thank you, Lord, for miracles, Lord, of setting people free from addiction, Lord, in this place. Lord, we just declare, Lord, promise keeper over people's lives. Lord, that you have promised that you will lead us into life in Jesus' name. And so I ask you to come and pour out your spirit, Lord, on those, Lord, who've just responded to you. I ask you to fill them afresh with your spirit. I should put hope within them. I ask you to lead them into life. Lord, we just pray, Lord, your blessing on each one of us. I thank you that we've been together. I thank you, Lord, that we've known your presence, Lord. That's the most important thing for us. We pray we just commit ourselves to you now. Lord, as we go, Lord, from this place, Lord, we ask that you'd be with us, you'd watch over us, and that we'd know your presence. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Yeah, give the Lord a clap, that's fine.